Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. So we started this series uh, three weeks ago. Uh, it's called Linked. But then we started with the first installment, Caring, which we, call, which we say that um, it was about uh, caring. And we talked about the fact that if you love someone or if you love something, you are going, if you care for something, you will want to know it, you will want to invest in it, and you will want to protect it. You know, so if you love something and if you care for something, you are going to want to know more about it, you are going to invest, and you are going to protect it. Then, last week, we were talking about uh, being connected. We said we are knit together. You know, and we say that our relationships have three dimensions or three levels, you know. And you guys, you helped me to uh, go every time one level and you told me to go deeper and I went deeper. And I went deeper until I got to the place where we say that is where we want to be. Now, we wanted to, uh, we say that relationships start as acquaintances. In a crowd like this, most of the times when you relate to people, you relate to them uh, from a very shallow kind of, it's just like they are your acquaintances. They know you, but really they don't know you that much. And then we said, one level deeper is that they become friends. And these now become relationships that you just don't know their name. You just don't know what they drive, but you actually get to know even some deeper things about them. But we also spoke about the fact that certain relationships go deeper than just being friends. They become what we called impact relationships. And these relationships become destiny relationships in the sense that now your life starts to get affected positively because of these types of relationships. So this morning, we are going to finish up as we are going to talk about fellowship. So remember, it's care, it's connect, and it's fellowship. And we spoke about the importance of you belonging to a love community because that's where the caring is going to take place and that is where you are going to connect to the people and that also is where you can have fellowship. So go with me to Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 2 verse 42 to 43. It says, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. So they continued... In doctrine and fellowship. The word doctrine is not, in this case, talking about uh, theology and all those things. I, actually, it would read, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' way of life and fellowship. So what we are talking about is that these people continued steadfastly in fellowship. And then it says, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. So this morning, we are going to be, I can see uh, some people are writing notes and are struggling. I can see lights of the phones. Maybe let's just switch on these lights. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I'm seeing somebody, with, you know, with a phone on the, on the book. Yeah, so it's, it's fine. We can switch them on. Yeah, so fellowship in, the, in, in Greek is the word koinonia. And the word koinonia means to have things in common or to share. So this morning, we are going to zero in on to share. You know, not, obviously we have something in common. We have Christ. We all have Christ, we all have the same church, we belong to the same family of Doxadeo, but we are going to talk about sharing life, because the word fellowship means to share life. So, when you share life with people, again, 
there are three things that I want us to look at today. Somebody, you know, uh, now they will be like, okay, now every sermon is going to have three things. Don't worry. Others will have six. Others will have seven. But these ones are having three because uh, of the three things that I see in the passage of Scripture that we looked at this morning. Now, when you have fellowship, you can see that this fellowship is not the type of fellowship that is casual. This is not the type of fellowship that just in case they are going to be part of the funeral where we are going to go to on Saturday. This is not the casual type where you're going to say, maybe I'm going to meet them today at church. The Bible says they stayed fastly, which means that this is a deliberate, intentional way of fellowshipping. It is part of your life, it is part of your plan, and you do this intentionally. It's not something that just happens at maybe uh, on Saturday, you know, I'm going to see them at that wedding. This is not that type of fellowship. This is the type of fellowship that happens intentionally. And when, you, when, those, uh, when that happens, there are three things that happen when people are sharing life. The first one, we have already spoken about it, is that you get to know each other. You get to know each other. The second thing is that you get to share life with each other. And then the third is that you get to do life with each other. And I'm going to explain every one of those three things. Now, let's start with the first one, knowing each other. Knowing someone, ladies and gentlemen, when you say that you have this deliberate, you know, intentional uh, fellowship with somebody and you want to know them, it goes beyond just the surface. And the most important thing when you want to know people is that you need to be very good at communicating with them. In one way or the, or the other, you need to get to talk with these people. And that, that is why when you uh, want to know someone, you need to go beyond just having cliches with them. So I want somebody who is very bored, uh, baby, uh, because Tumi is sitting in front. So I will put you on the spot, Tumi. Do you mind to come? Just stand here next to me. How are you, Tumi? I am good. Sit down. <laughs> so that is Tumi. I said to Tumi, how are you, Tumi? She said, I am okay, Pastor. How are you? What do you expect me to do? I was going to say, if we found each other in the, in the, in the, in the uh, car park, I would have told Tumi, Tumi, I am okay. But I can tell you, I'm having a terrible day today. So, so why, why am I going to tell Tumi that I am okay? You know why? It's because it's a casual thing. But my wife is probably aware. Why? Because she knows me. So, when, when, when you have fellowship with people, you go beyond the cliches. You go beyond the shallow things. With, with, with most of us here today, like me and Tumi, when we greeted each other, uh, uh, when, when, when I greet Tumi and I say hi Tumi you know, you know what happened even with her probably she's probably shouldn't have said I am okay she said you know what pastor today it's terrible you know but you know you can only say that when you have you are in fellowship with somebody and you know them and you know that they are not going to judge you when you come out like that and how many of us have relationships like that when somebody can greet you? I have not had many people. I can tell you that I am not young, uh, that young, you know, that I don't know this. 
But I can tell you, there are not so many people that when you greet them, they will right away just say, I'm not okay. Tell me, somebody should tell me this morning, in your life, how many times you have greeted someone at the office and say, hi, how are you? And they'll say, no, I'm not good. Can somebody help me? Do you think that everybody that comes to the office, they're okay? No, they are not okay. So when, when, when you fellowship with people, you need to understand that the reason for fellowship is to go deeper, a step deeper, that somebody would be able to feel free to say to you, you know what, I am not okay. You get to know them. The second thing is that, you, you, you know, in a relationship or fellowship, when you, you have koinonia, you, you, you start to get to know the facts about people. You need to, know, you, you need to get to know about them. So, so, so obviously, you know, uh, uh, I used the example of me and Tumi and we, we spoke. Me, I know Tumi. I know her kids, you know. I know uh, how long she has been here at Swana Central, you know. I know a few things about her life. Why? Because, because there is that deliberate fellowship that is between uh, Tumi's family and my family. I see what I mean. Now, here is what you need to know. When you start to fellowship with people, you have to be very intentional that you need to go beyond just, I am okay. You need to start to get to a place where somebody can trust you to say to you, how many, you remember last time I told you a story about that girl that lived next to us. Are you that type of person that if somebody didn't have sugar, they can come and say, hey man, I sugar, you know, can I have some sugar? But you know, some of us, the moment you give somebody sugar, WhatsApp will start flying. She came to ask for sugar. And that's why people don't ask for sugar. You give somebody something. Some people give somebody a pair of shoes every Sunday checking their feet. Are they wearing it today? <laughs> and you know, you know, you know, when they discover that they're wearing it, they greet them. Hi. Yeah, but uh, you know, this shoe likes polish. <laughs> yeah, just, why did you give away the shoe, eh? If every day you are going to be checking the shoe, eh? Fellowship. That's fellowship. Don't fellowship like that. But what I am trying to say is that you need to get to know people so that people can get to the last stage where they start to trust you. That when you get deeper to a place where they trust you, when somebody gets to trust you, then what is going to start happening in the relationship is that they are going to start to be vulnerable. They will start to be feeling free to tell you certain things that they can't tell anybody. And you're going to see why it is important to have relationships like that. When somebody trusts you, when somebody can tell you and say, hey man, you know what? This and this and this and this is going. But the same person, if they greeted someone, somebody, if they greeted somebody, they would say, I am okay. But they're just coming off the phone where they are expressing themselves and they are revealing a lot of things to certain people. But to you, they said, I am okay. But they're coming from telling somebody some things that have happened that are very, very deep. So you see, when, 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 when you are fellowshipping with people, you need to have people that your fellowship is the koinonia type where you are sharing life with them. It's not just that casual, you know, 
You as a human being, you need that. You need that. You know, in Matthew chapter 16, verse 13 to 15, it says, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, there's a place called Philippi in uh, Soshanguve. When you get on a taxi, you can either say you are viring Philippi or you are going straight. I remember that. When, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, and then some say one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? But who do you say that I am? Now, when you look at this passage of scripture, Jesus himself asked this question. He says, who do you, not other people, when you know someone, you need to answer this question in the affirmative. When somebody says, other people just say he's just one of the guys at church. You, you, know, you know when you find somebody in the mall and, 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 and you are talking to your friend, they said, who is that guy? Oh, he's one of the guys at church. You've heard that, isn't it? Oh, it's one of the girls in the choir. And then somebody may be a little bit deeper, so, oh, it's, it's one of the girls in the choir. Her name is Nompiliso. Are you seeing what I mean? So, at least it's a little bit deeper. And then somebody who says, oh, her name is Nompiliso, and, and I think she works for what, 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 what. Now, what you need to understand is that you yourself, what do you say that person is? If you are in a fellowship relationship with them, what it is is that you can't just remain on the surface. You can't just remain on the surface because you have to answer that question, who do people say I am? Ladies and gentlemen, we as human beings, we need people to know us just like we need to know other people. You can't not have people that know you. Because if you don't have people that know you, you are going to go through so much pain and no one will discover. The only time they will discover sometimes is when it is too late. But if you can be vulnerable to certain people, if you can live your life out with certain people to such an extent that certain people start to know you, they are able to see. You know that song, you know, uh, maybe we should play it, guys, you know, that song, you know, by Ara Kelly, you know. You remember that song by Ara Kelly, The Storm Is Over. But you know, it starts by saying, you can see a smile on my face but my heart is crying. How many people have you missed in your life who had the smile on the face, but the head, I mean the heart, was bleeding and the heart was crying? You know why you missed it? You don't know them. And if you are the one they missed, it's because nobody knows you. So it is crucial that we need fellowship with people. You are not going to be vulnerable to everybody, but you can not be vulnerable to everybody. You need certain people that know you. You know, you, know, you can be putting on those stilettos and looking very sharp and cool, but your heart could be bleeding today. Who knows that? At least a few people should know that. You know, you know, you put on the nice uh, uh, eyebrows. Is it eyelashes? <laughs> My wife likes to put those things, and she really looks beautiful. You know, like so. It it it's like you know, <laughs> you know, you know what happens. I'm like, oh, I God, God is quite uh, 
quite uh, something, you know. He left some of the things to us. You know, so her eyebrows are shorter. But when she puts on those long ones, you know, I'm like, yes. You know. So, so she can have those long ones. You guys may be passing her because you think, man, Mama Ruti today is looking. But me, I know that in spite of the long ones today, she's having a bad day. You know why? Because I know her. You need koinonia with people. The first thing is fellowship is to know people. The second thing is that you need people that you can share life with. You know? Sharing life is, is not the same as doing life. I split the two today. I, I'm going to show you why. Romans chapter 12 verse 15, it says, Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. When we share life with people, we share good moments of our lives. We celebrate their important accomplishments. We celebrate the important deaths, you know, of their lives. We celebrate, you know, when they get a promotion from work. No, sharing life is about sharing those great moments of life. You, you know, ladies and gentlemen, it doesn't matter how successful you are going to become. If you don't have people that you can share your success with, you will not enjoy your success. Can you imagine, you know, every single day you are able to have a stake, but on your own. <laughs> like, like every single day, you know, you're like, 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 like you are able to go out and you are able to have a very, very nice steak, you know, with, uh, with uh, uh, veg nice vegetables on the side, you know, nice music, ambience, you know, and uh, a nice uh, restaurant and everything. But every single day, you are doing that on your own. I'm telling you, no matter how nice that steak is, it will start tasting stale at some point. You know why? Because you want, when you are cutting on that steak, you want to be talking to someone. When you are cutting on that steak, you want to be reminiscing about some things that were happening in your life. You know, when you are sharing that, I, I, can, I can imagine, you know, uh, if, if, if you become very, very wealthy, but you can't share your wealth with other people, I don't know whether that could be something that you would enjoy. That is why it's very, very important to share life with other people. I, I told you a story last week when I was preaching about um, uh, one of our friends. Uh, actually, I became a friend because of our kids. So our kids went to the same school. And uh, one day, we were at the kids' school, and um, they were having a Father's Day. So you had to go to the school with your father. And the kids were doing stuff. And me and him, we stood uh, for the first time, and we started chatting it's about maybe four or five years ago now. And then we became very, very good friends. You, you know, my wife could go out of the country and we would leave our kids at his house. And every single year, for the past four or five years now, every single year, on New Year's Eve, <laughs> we go there in the village where his dad lives. And we go into the village and we do all kinds of things in the village with him. And we go to watch those, those troops, you know, the ones that dance. You know, and we, we, we are doing, that is called doing life together. Now, both of us, every, him and myself and him and his wife and him, me and my wife, we are all busy people and everything. Everybody is doing stuff with their lives. But when we are there, we forget what we do. 
Does that make sense? When we are there, he is not a doctor so-and-so. When we are there, he is a friend. When we are there, when we are with his brothers and with his sisters, they don't see a pastor. They see the friend of my brother. Does that make sense? It's very, very important that you have to have people that you can do life with. I was sick myself. Zero one in the morning. My wife took me to the hospital. Who did we find at the door of the hospital? We found him waiting for me there. Until I left the hospital, he was there. Does that make sense? It's very, very important that you have to have people that you can do life with. Don't do life on your own. Life was meant to be shared with other people. No matter how much you have. I also love what one of my friends says. You know, one of my friends doesn't believe in giving. Can somebody say amen? He says... He doesn't give. And he, he is very, he has done very well for his life. You know? He's got uh, a lot of things that he can give. So I asked him a question. I said, uh, tell me. One day I was in his office and I was asking him, I said, tell me. After all this success that God has given you, when is your, what, what are the things that really make you fulfilled? He says to me, my best day is the day when I, it was a long time ago, so we used, they, we used to sign checks. He says, my best day of the month is the day when I'm signing the checks for the people that work for me. So I said to him, I said, why do you do that? Why do you feel that? He said, because, Ken, don't you think that to know that somebody is going to feed his uncle and his grandmother will take his children to school, Somebody is going to go to a nice restaurant and eat with his wife and children. Don't you think that if you are the one that is causing that to happen, don't you think that is the most beautiful thing that you can, you can do? And I was like, oh, I get it. He says, yeah, that is why I don't believe in giving. I believe in sharing. So I said, what, what, does it, what, what, it, what is the difference between giving and sharing? He says, when I was young, my mother taught me that when I have two things and one of my friends has one, I share. So to him, when he gives something to someone, he says giving sounds very demeaning. It's like the person that you are giving to is in a place of destitution. But when you share, it's like they also deserve it. Like we are sharing. So some of you that have three cars, you know, let's share. <laughs> oh, let's share. You've got, eh? Why, why are you keeping the, the two? You only need one, man. Let's share, guys. You know? <laughs> but, but, but you see, to share sounds good because you are sharing life. You know, you, you are sharing things with other people. You know, you are in that space where you, you feel. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I don't know how to emphasize this, but I can tell you, it Life is good when you have great relationships. Life is good when you can share it with other people. Life is good. Look, now, now yesterday when I was speaking to uh, Dr. Livilo, you know, for, this, for the place where we are going to go to on, on, on Saturday, I mean on Sunday, it just hit me that, you know, what Twana Central is doing is that we are sharing 
we are sharing. Can you imagine the 5,000 rand? I don't know what it will do, but when you didn't plan for it and it just comes, I think it feels great because you have shared. So I want to encourage you, ladies and gentlemen, start to be intentional about sharing life with people. You know, when we did the, the love communities, um, Bongs was telling me that after we finished the love communities and everything, he discovered that in the same complex where he stays in Centurion, there is a member of the church. She comes here at Twana Central, which means now that it's very possible when him and his wife, you know, uh, don't have somebody to babysit, who can babysit? <laughs> yes. They'll be just like, hey, Sisi, uh, something, you know, can you have the, 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 they, will, they will take the child. But they never knew that there was a person. Why? Because we didn't create an opportunity for them to know each other. But now that we have become intentional, one of the families that we were, we were uh, dedicating the child today, the ones that are the mother to Kakiso and the father to Kakiso, they stay very close to us. I discovered next, last week when we were doing the, the information uh, there in uh, uh, where they live. So very soon, you know, just go into the house and have bry. <laughs> you see? Yeah, it's a, it's a love community. You see that? Yeah, very soon, you know, we'll be, we'll, they, they will be at our house. You know, you are sharing life. Life is not on, you don't only need friends because of the hard times. You need friends as well for good times. I, the, I, the, the way that I feel when I go to Zambia with some of my South African friends, it feels completely different. Completely different. Like when, when I go alone. When I remember one time going with one of the guys, even here at church, I've taken some people to Zambia, going and showing him around, you know, the, the, the township where I grew up in, you know, and I'm like, you know, that is the place. And uh, some places have changed. When we were there, when I was there, you know, there were bush, now they have houses there and stuff like that. But, you know, to just do life, you know, somebody to go and see your mother, have you had a friend to see your mother? Like, have you had a friend to see your old gogo? Do you know how it feels when your old gogo comes out of the house to greet you and you're coming from the city with a friend and your friend says, oh, this is the mother to your mother and she's 91 years old. That is what is called doing life. The last one is this one is, uh, is, is going to uh, make you cry. Please get some tissues. <laughs> you don't need to share life, but you also need to do life. Ladies and gentlemen, life is tough. Life is difficult. And there are times when we need people to go through stuff with us. You know, when you wake up in the morning and the company that you worked for for 20 years is closing doors and then that salary that used to come every month has been taken away from you. You need people to do life with. In James chapter, actually the same scripture that we read, I will read it again. It says, rejoice with those who rejoice, but weep with those that weep. 
Then in the book of James chapter 5 verse 16, it says, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. You know, there are certain things that we are going through, certain painful moments that will not heal until somebody comes along that we are able to offload on them and we are able to talk to them. You, you, you know those moments of life when things seem like everything is closing in on you. When you are afraid of the morning because you just want the night to continue so that you can stay in bed. When those things are happening, you need people that you can call. I remember those moments myself. Moments like that. When, when I would sit and I would, I would, and we were staying in a big, 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 big house. But because of the way that the house, the house was very big and the neighborhood was very plush where we were staying, nobody knew what was happening inside that house. The neighbor, you know, has sports cars and everybody looks like everything is going on well. But every day I would sit on the edge of my bed and I would see my wife going to work. And I would sit there and my kids have gone to school. And I look at this house and I sit there. The house had the jacuzzi for crying out loud. I only remember going in that jacuzzi less than 10 times in two years. And I would sit there. But you know what? Many times it was that phone call. That phone call from somebody who just calls you and say, Ken, how is it going? Just that question, how is it going? Would make me, you know, go into the shower and shower and go into the kitchen and make some breakfast and realize that I think one day it will be okay. You need people that you can do life with. You can't do life on your own. What happens when, 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 when you have 16 siblings? 16 siblings. And, and, and you know the other siblings are not just human, but they are called debit orders. When, 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 when your, your saddest day is the day when the salary goes into your account. Because you know that it's not only your aunt that is going to call for money, but it's also going to be all kinds of things. By the time you get to the second and half day, you are already broke. You need people that you can call and say, how is it going? People need to call you to say, how is it going? What happens if you got sick? And you got really, really, really sick. Me, I got sick one time. I couldn't get out of bed. That time when I told you about, about being sick, when my friend, uh, my wife called him and said, your, your friend is not okay. So what happened was that I had a very small problem with my stomach. And so I was in a meeting. And then one of my friends said, you know what, Ken? Don't worry about this. There's a certain medication that would take away the pain. So I said, give it to me. <laughs> so he goes from the meeting here in Hatfield and he goes and he buys the medication. And I drink it in the meeting. And then we go to Johannesburg for a two-day leadership retreat. What I didn't know is that the medication that I bought, 
was acidic. It, the, the, the baseline was acidic and it bent my stomach, like bent it. And I was there. And in the morning, when I was trying to wake up, I felt like I don't have a back or I don't have a stomach. I just froze. I could not do anything. And then I got on the phone. I called a friend of mine. His name is Rowan, who was in the next room. I said, Rowan, you have to come and help me. Ruan carried me to the car and took me to a hospital in Johannesburg. They asked me, what, what did you do to yourself? I said, what have you been taking? What medication have you I told him the medication. When I told that doctor the medication, he says, did you take that medication with this? I said, no. He says, that is the problem because every time you take that medication, you need an antacid. So you burnt your stomach. Then they shoot. Now, one of the ladies here at church was getting married in Jobe. And myself and my wife were supposed to do the wedding. So they say to me there at the hospital, they say they are going to admit me. Have you ever refused to be admitted? I said, no ways. You are not going to admit me. He says, my friend, you will die. I said, I will not die. But please, you can't just admit me because today somebody's getting married and it is in the afternoon and that time is around about 10 in the morning. So he says, you know what we will do? They shoot me with the highest dose of painkiller. <laughs> so they shoot me with that. And I drive on my own coming to Pretoria to pick my wife. And I pick my wife. And then when I get home, get into a suit and everything, I drop the chair. And my, my wife is driving to Johannesburg. Then we got there. I stood the whole day because I couldn't sit down. And then what would happen is that one, at some point, the papers from the, the pulpit, they fell. You know, they fell. So I just stood there. <laughs> and my wife, my wife came and she picked them. She picked them and she put them back here. It was the most romantic moment. But you know what? A lot of people didn't know that I can't bend. Up to today. They don't know that it was because I couldn't bend. And when I finished the wedding, everybody was seated like this. Myself, I went into the lounge of the hotel to go and sleep on the couch. Then when we came home, the pain came back at 01 in the morning. The stuff they shot me with ran out. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how now I was taken out to Vilhas Hospital. That is the story that I am telling you. When now my wife calls my friend and says, Hey, your friend is very, very sick. When I got there, that's the first time I understood why people get addicted to substances. Because when I got to the hospital, I was in so much pain I, I just didn't feel that this body is going to just withstand that kind of pain. So when I got to the hospital, they shoot me with another painkiller to just ease the pain. And I was floating. <laughs> I just felt like floating. I was just floating. I said, hey, this feels great. <laughs> so that's, that's when I realized how people feel when they are on drugs. You know, I didn't feel my body. I was like, wow, <laughs> this is good, man. <laughs> this is really good. But you see, what happens if I was alone? I probably would have died that day. One, there was Ruan. 
who took me to hospital. Two, I had a wife that I can do life with. But do you know what it means when you go to the hospital and at the hospital bed at 01 in the morning, standing next to you is a friend. He wasn't saying anything. And he's also a, medic, he's also a doctor. He wasn't saying anything. He was just looking at everybody. And actually, maybe the people at the hospital didn't even know that he's a doctor. But being there to see what is going on, that in itself just makes you feel that you are loved and that people appreciate you. You need people. Ladies and gentlemen, life cannot be done on your own. I want to appreciate some of you guys that every time, no matter how far it is, when somebody is having a funeral here at Swanee Central, when we go there, we see some of the faces from church. Do you know what that does to the person who has lost a loved one? Do you know how it feels when you are in the village right there in Toyando and somebody is having a funeral there and then when you look on the side, you see six, seven, eight faces of people that you are at church with. You can even see the face of the person brightening up. You know why? Because they know that these people care about me. So you need to know people. You need to share life with people. But you also need to do life with people. You can't do life alone. That is why for us here at Swanee Central, you know, we have now uh, love communities. The last thing that I want to mention and I'm going to pray is that sometimes life does not just happen because of the things that happen to us, but sometimes we make mistakes on our own as well. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 1 to 2, it says, Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself less, lest you also be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. People sometimes fall into problems. And they create problems for themselves. But even when that happens, you need people that are going to come and say, you know what? I think this was a stupid decision that you made. But you know what? We are here and we are going to go through with you this. And they, they mean it. They mean it. Sometimes we do certain things at work and we get fired. And then certain people know that you got fired, not because of the devil, but you got fired because of a stupid thing you did. But the Bible says that even at that time, you need to restore someone with gentleness. That is not the time now to say, hey, hey. No, no, no. That is the time to say, you know what? We will walk this journey with you. You need people. You need people like that. People that will not judge you. People that will not, you know, uh, say now that you are on the ground, you know. Obviously, there's going to be a few that because you are now lying there, you are vulnerable. They want to spit on you and do all kinds of things. But you need people that when you are lying down there, life has beaten you. You have done something. They are going to say, you know what? We will be here for you. We are going to look after you, you know. People have taken people to school, you know, uh, their friends' kids to school. You know, they have done all kinds of things for people. Why? Because they are doing life together. Do you mind if we can stand this morning? I don't know about you, but I can tell you that for me, I need people. I need friends. I need people at church, people in my family. I need all kinds of people. 
that is why you know it's my prayer this morning that you will take it very seriously when we talk about the love communities because that is where life is going to be happening that is where you can meet people that you can make not just acquaintances people you go to church with but people that you know are going to come when they hear you are not well at zero one in the morning when they hear your kids are no longer in school they're not just going to rejoice but they're going to say why are they not in school what can we do when 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 when, when you are out of employment these are people that are going to say guys can we put some money together so that every single month you know we can buy some groceries for this family until they come back but it's my prayer that you will find a community like that because it is it is crucial it is very 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 important many times these things happen but you see that those moments as well when you yourself you are going to have an accomplishment it is good to always go to friends and say guys look at God look at what God has done for me it feels much much better what he has done feels much much better so Lord I want to thank you so much this morning I want to give you all the praise and all the glory and honor because you are a good God. Thank you, dear Lord, that we have people that know us. How we pray that we will also have people that we can know. People that we will know, dear Lord, when they're going through joy. But people that we will know when they're going through a difficulty. I want to pray for our love communities that, Lord, even as we have set them up, that they're not just going to be places, dear Lord, where we will get excited, but they're going to be places where relationships are going to be forged. Relationships based on trust. Relationship based on honor. Relationship based on love are going to be forged and that we will share life together. We will share moments together, but we will also do life together. So we thank you, we bless you, and we honor you for the opportunity that we have as 20 Central to share life with you, but to also do life with you. We want to pray and ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Yes.